Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Roberta Metchison online. Roberta, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you? I am amazing. I'm really looking forward to this conversation as we talked about a little bit in the pre-show. You're going to be even more productive because the demand for what you do is going to increase dramatically over these next few years, I anticipate. So I want to share with the audience a little bit about you and the work that you do. Sure. Uh, I help organizations attract and retain the best people. And right now, there are millions of job openings and um, not enough people to fill them. So, yes, I have been very busy. And so, the two areas that I focus on is helping organizations become talent magnets. And then the other side of that is making sure that they're so magnetic that people stick to them and they don't leave. Because if they do leave right now, um, I don't know who you're going to get to fill those jobs, and neither do you. It's so true, and we've seen articles all about you know the the shortage of, of talent and the war on talent, which we've heard about before. But it's really amazing what's going on right now. And of course, I know the Wall Street Journal and other places have called it the Great Resignation because a lot of people are just leaving. And so obviously those organizations aren't using any type of magnetic power to keep those people. So like yeah. you said, if a key person leaves, you know, before, you know, before the pandemic, like, okay, well, you know, we can find somebody. Yes, yeah. it's going to take time to get them on board and into the swing of mm-hmm. things, depending on what level of the organization they're in. But now it's, you know, a key person leaves. That is a gigantic risk for these organizations. Absolutely. And I think a lot of organizations or a lot of leaders think, oh, that'll never happen here, right? <laughs> and then and then as soon as I say that, you know, they go, you know, they check their email and there's like, oh my gosh, there's like a letter of resignation. Well, we've seen, and I know there was an article the other day, uh, it was a fast food restaurant where the employees all left and they, you know, they changed the marquee uh, outside saying, you know, apologies for the inconvenience. We all quit. And like, okay, you know, here, here, here's just a, a full restaurant. <laughs> I would now, love to see that article. <laughs> I'll, I'll, afterward, afterwards, I'll, I'll send it to you because I, I looked at it and it, you look at that. And of course, at the surface, you go, wow, you know, what's going on there. And there's a lot of dynamics. It's not just everybody, I think, wants a singular answer on why that happened. But there was dynamics, I'm guessing, that you know the work environment wasn't what it could be. You know, it could be you know, the management wasn't treating employees the way that the employees expected to be treated. Maybe the environment wasn't as healthy as it could be. There's so many different factors in it. But bottom line, when an entire organization just ups and leaves, you know, you think, okay, yeah, that's a restaurant, but you know, what's, what's next? Could it be a factory? Could it be an auto parts supplier? My better half works for an auto parts supplier and they are growing dramatically. Yeah, they, you know, they just had to open up an additional warehouse because they've got so much work, but you know, situation is, you know, people, an entire warehouse could one day say, you know what, enough's enough. 
and pick up and leave. And all of a sudden, you have nobody making those parts. And then the auto company, a big one, is going to say, hey, where's our stuff? And (laughs) it's not going to be delivered on time. And they're going to go, well, I guess I got to find another vendor that can produce because obviously you can't. Next thing you know, you've got a company that went from massive growth to you know, disaster recovery and going, what can we do to make sure the ship doesn't completely sink? And it can happen right. like that. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that, you know, I just did this project with this organization and it was for a call center and they were all of a sudden seeing a huge spike in employee turnover. And, you know, most companies are like, well, it's just the call center. Everyone has high turnover. And this particular organization had a new head chief HR officer. And she was like, something's not right here. And sure enough, um, I went in and did what I call Matchison's ESP, Extra Stickiness Project. And I spoke to the people who had left the organization within the last um, year. And yeah, they left for a better opportunity, but I found out the real reason why they would even consider a better opportunity. And I think that's the problem. A lot of employers are willing to just say, well, sure. I mean, who wouldn't leave for a better opportunity? But what you need to find out is what even prompted them to consider a better opportunity. And that's where people are missing the boat. I and those often- are difficult conversations. Yeah, for for many organizations, having those conversations and sometimes the management, they don't currently have the skill set to even have those conversations. And I I talk about this a lot in my show uh, about a boss that I had, uh, and this was over two decades ago. And I was working for an internet startup company that turned into a, you know, a publicly traded organization, thousands of employees across the globe. I was employee number 32. So it was early in <laughs> and it was, I was in Chicago and it was 3.32 PM on my first day. And my boss, Rick came by and he said, okay, I'm just going to talk about the ground rules about working here. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. You know, it's a, what, what's going to be. And he leans in and he looks at me and says, I don't care when you get here. I don't care when you leave. As long as you get your work done, everything's good. I'm here Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Otherwise, you can reach me on my pager when I'm at our headquarters in the East Coast. Um, If you need anything, let me know. (laughs) I look back and I stayed there almost four years. And this was during the dot-com era where recruiters- That's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And recruiters- were contacting me, you know, literally every two months. Hey, I've got this opportunity. It pays fifteen thousand more than you're making now. I turned them all down. Now I was young in my career. I was like, okay, I'm you know leaving money on the table here. What am I doing? But I I, re- I recognized then. I'm like, because I had worked for some dud organizations too, and I thought, okay, this is good. I'm going to ride this out. And obviously, the demand for my talent is still out there, so I'm not worried about being able to find something when I need to. But you know, that was so instrumental, and I, I emulated that behavior whenever I hired anybody for the organizations that I led. Mm. Like, okay, I don't care when you get here, I don't <laughs> care when you leave, as long as you get your work done, we're all good. 
Which is really interesting because now we're in this situation where companies that have been working remotely for so long in the last year and a half, and people have done well, right? And now all of a sudden, some of them are like, you need to be in the office Monday, period, right? As if, oh, well, we no longer trust you. We trusted you before when you were at home and we all had to be, but now that we don't have to be, now we want to be able to watch what you're doing, which doesn't really make much sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And when I talk to organizations about you know their employees and allowing them to do things, you know, they say, well, we don't trust them. And then I look at them and say, well, why did you hire them? I mean, hire grownups, right? If, you, yeah. if you're afraid that people who are fresh out of school um, don't have the work ethic yet, they haven't learned the ropes, then uh, try looking for mature workers, you know, people who can work independently. I mean, there's a lot of good people that... Um, if everybody's jumping jobs now, this is an awesome opportunity for uh, leaders to start poaching talent and to start, you know, replacing some of their B players with A players. I mean, it's like the wild, wild west right now. Yeah, it's I, I know that a lot of people um, that are, you know, those A list type of players and and people that are working in a variety of different industries, you know, they're looking at it going, I've got my choice. I, I literally have a buffet. And for those the buffets, when you used to be able to get food from a thing, you know, the, the pandemic yeah. kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> shuffled that away. We'll, we'll, it'll come back in some kind of weird form, I'm guessing. But right now it's literally a buffet for top talent and even, C minus talent because there's such a desire and a need for certain things. It, it, it's the point where you're seeing organizations offering bonuses, huge bonuses for literally minimum wage type roles. Like, yeah, we're going to give you $1,500 to sign. Like that, that's in some cases that could be a month's pay for part-time work. Yeah. And it's also a short-term answer to a long-term problem. And so if you were to take that money and really pump it into your leaders and, and making sure that, you know, you provide coaches for people who are in charge and, and giving them the training and resources that they need, then you would have these amazing leaders and no one would leave them. And if they did leave, they'd probably come back. And then they tell everyone else, you know what, it's not so great out there. I'll pick on a fast food. I'm not going to name the the chain, but my better half, you know, she'll call me during lunch and sometimes she'll get uh, some fast food if she didn't pack her lunch that particular day. And she'll go to, there's a couple restaurants she goes to. And I know just because I hear her talking to the clerks and all of that, that that is a well-ran establishment, both of them. Mm -hmm. The reason being is I recognize the voice of the person talking to her that's working in the drive-thru. And she's worked for this organization for over a year now. She's one of those people that actually switched jobs during the pandemic to find something better. It existed. So it worked out well for her. So there's two re two restaurants that you know, obviously are doing something right because it's the same people and they sound just as happy and go lucky and they interact with her and all of that. They enjoy what they're doing. Mm -hmm. that, that environment exists there. So the manager there and the owner is doing something well that makes people enjoy the work. And well, I think we should tell everyone where this company, who this company is, because they're a prime example of what you can be. <laughs> exactly. And I, I 
it's one of those things I'll, I'll have her take a picture of the, you know, because usually on the drive-through window, they have it, you know, compliments or comments called yeah. this. So literally it's like, can you take a picture of that? And I'll, I'll call out to them like, okay, what, what are you doing? You know, it's, you know, it, cause I'm sure they get all the complaints, you know, my fries were cold or this or that I'm calling them. So you're doing something right. What are you doing? And uh, we need well, to somehow replicate that and let headquarters know this. So here's an interesting spin on that. Um, several years back before the pandemic, uh, my family and I traveled to Turkey and we were in Istanbul and we stayed at this hotel and there was a, um, there was a note next to the phone and it said, if you have any issues, you know, please call my personal mobile, mobile phone. And it was the owner of the hotel chain. There were like six hotels he owned. And I had the opportunity while I was there to meet him. And I just said, that just totally blew me away. Like, does anyone ever call you? And he said, honestly, he said, I think I've gotten three calls. And each person said, I just wanted to know if you were really answering the phone. Like they had no complaints. And because like he had his name out there and the employees were so well trained and he treated them like family. He didn't worry that he was going to be hounded. Now, imagine if you were the president of McDonald's and you said, I'm going to put my mobile phone here because I believe so much in the way we treat our customers and our employees that anyone who wants to call me can. Imagine that, right? <laughs> I think it's a really interesting challenge. And if the president is listening, I think that's what they should do. <laughs> Well, it, it's a game changer. It, it, it sets the expectations. It creates accountability from the top all the way down, and it creates ownership. I think one of, the, one of the things that I've noticed about people when they're working for an organization, doesn't matter what type of organization it is, when they, even though they may not have ownership of the company, when they actually invest for the well-being of that company and what they produce for their customers, it shows and it they enjoy what they do. Yes, work is work. It's challenging. It can be tiring. Sometimes things aren't as fun as they could be or, or whatnot. And sometimes they're draining. But I find that people that aren't overly stressed and don't burn out in the work setting is because they, they're actually feeling fulfilled by what they're doing and they enjoy the labor of their labor. Right. And, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, most people don't get up to go to work and think, I'm just going to be a really crappy employee today, right? And so, you know, you and I were talking about these difficult conversations. And it's almost like if somebody doesn't bring to your attention that you're doing something that's not correct, how are you supposed to fix it, right? I mean, your intent isn't to fail, it's to succeed. And, and you know, one of the reasons that I wrote this book, um, Can We Talk, is because I believe that it takes two people to have a conversation. And so it's not just your boss who gets to say, can we talk? Um, you have to respond. And so in the book, I talk about ways for you to respond if your boss says, can, can we talk? Um, I also give examples and scripts for people who might need to have a difficult conversation with a coworker. And then also for leaders, if you've got, you know, to have those conversations with your team members. So I made sure that I packaged it in a way that there was something in there for everyone. Because I know as a former employee and somebody, you know, who had a manager who was not great, 
<laughs> that there were things that I could have said when she said to me, can we talk that would have perhaps made the situation a little bit better for me. Yeah. Those conversations are important and I always feel they need to be ongoing, not at the year end review. Cause right. And I, such I, one and done, right. It's sort right. of like you go in, you have this difficult conversation, you're the boss and you leave and you're like, Oh, that was good. Right. And then the employee's like, man, like what the heck was that? Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's no follow-up. And so then it's review time and your boss is like, well, you're not going to get a raise. Right. <laughs> Just like, what? Like, what the heck does that mean? So yeah, a lot of confusion. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, the frequent conversation. Um, if they need to do a review, it's, you know, okay, great, but do it you know, ongoing and praise, praise publicly, um, correct privately, you know, all, yeah. all the things that, um, cause you don't want to embarrass an employee. I mean, they're going to feel bad if they're not doing well. Cause like you said, no one sets out to say, I'm going to be a lousy employee today. No, everyone wants to do well because they take pride in what they do, the skills that they've picked up and they're learning and it, it makes for a better work environment. Yeah. Cause I've been in places where everyone's kind of just apprehensive and a little little leery about misstepping or saying something wrong. Sometimes it's when they have a new boss or new ownership or something like that. Everyone's a little nervous about how everything's going to shape out. But ultimately, when you have an environment where communication is not only encouraged, but expected, it, it just makes it a much healthier environment because you can correct things before they become insurmountable to deal with. Well, I mean, you're really going for commitment and not compliance. And too often in organizations, leaders want compliance, but the people who are complying aren't really committed. So that creates, especially now when you're not committed and that headhunter that you described who would call you every every month um, when she calls you today and you're not feeling particularly committed, um, you take the call. Yeah, and I I it. have I have in the past. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm so upset right now. I'll take, I'll take that call. call. And, and 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 sometimes, and I know in my past, I I've done that, and you know, I I made a, a lateral move uh, that really was a bad move. I should have stayed where I was at uh, until something better came along. But you learn from that, and you you, you pick up on those things. But hopefully, you, you can avoid those types of challenges if you're in an environment where. Yeah, I, I love how you said you know the commitment versus compliance. I think there's a lot of people that are are literally doing the compliance road, and that's why you see you know the they say workplace engagement. It's like yeah, people aren't engaged because if they got to be compliant, they're like, okay, I'm 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 a notch above a robot. If they ever right. got if they get a robot in here, then I'm done. So okay, why am I going the extra block? I'm forget it. I'm just going to stay here and do what um required to do and that's it and they they don't offer any suggestions observations they're just robotic and there's so many lost opportunities on that instead of yeah okay. this fear-based management system uh i think they tried that back the you know i don't know when, when the cavemen were around and i don't think it really worked <laughs> it's never worked but for some reason people still pull out that playbook 
I'm like, what are you doing? It's no, you, you want people committed. You want, you, you put people in their ideal spot for them to thrive and both yeah. personally and professionally, give them all the tools that they need to be able to do that and work on their vocation. Uh, give them some autonomy. You know, like you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about the everybody working from home and hey, it worked. Okay, no, you can't work from home. Like, well, <laughs> what I the heck did I just do? It's like, oh, that was twenty twenty a dream? Is it was COVID? Is COVID make believe? No. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a very very Groundhog Day type of horror movie. I think you know, in many cases. But at the end of the day, we we're we're getting through there. But again, yeah, that's the thing. The cat. I tell people that cat is not only out of the bag; it used its claws. It shredded the bag. There's no bag to go back into. So, uh, and that's where the war on talent and you know the the top A talent are going to be able to say, you know, I want to work for a place where I can be hybrid or maybe work remotely all the time. Or there are people, you know, from all the stats that I'm seeing in research and everything, there are people that really want to go back to the office. Great. That's awesome. Be my guest. (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. You know, it's like, uh, enjoy the commute. Yeah. But I, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but you know, there are reasons why they, like that because you know it could be the restaurants or it gives them you know they they like their life to be you know have segments to it whatever and there's nothing well, wrong I'm with chuckling that. because my son who is um, a senior in college and, and a co-op student uh, the thing that he missed most about this most recent co-op is that he's like mom there's no free food <laughs> you know he's in one of these companies where like um the food is fantastic. It's free. You're a college student. This is awesome, right? And he's like, I'm home. I'm in my room. There's no free food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's resorting to the... Uh, he's cooking. The, he's, yeah, he's cooking. Oh, no. That, that's, oh, that's, no, he's a great uh, cook. Oh, you that's would, good. You would want uh, him to come cook for you. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Uh, congratulations. Well done on that because the world, uh, that's good for people to do that. So that way... Um, He's not consuming, you know, the the dollar ninety nine pizza special that is uh, not. I'm not sure if that's cheese or something else, but it's dollar ninety nine. And he is a fan of the halal cart. I think he has a frequent buyer cart. So there you go. But you know that that's a great example where there are some people where that particular perk, whether it's really great coffee or they, yes. they bring in lunches every day, um, that is. Again, that's something that a lot of people missed out on. And I, it's going to be interesting, again, as as we evolve back or towards whatever, I hate using the word normal, but what the next quote-unquote normal is going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be interesting to see what organizations do because I think a lot of it will depend on their environment, the type of talent that they want to have and what that talent's going to want. So there's going to be a lot of reshaping of organizations. And again, that's where communication is so critical. Um, Finding out what people want. And listening, really listening. I mean, you can ask people, I mean, I've, I've had some clients, you know, tell me that their employers have asked them what they wanted and then they did the complete opposite. So, it's like, if you're not going to be open, if you're not, if you don't really care, and it's okay if you don't really care, okay? There are companies that don't care. Like um, uh, Jamie Diamond has said, like, everyone's coming back to the office. He's made it very clear he doesn't care. That's okay. That's his position. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, I guarantee you those headhunters are on the phone dialing in going, hey, I have an opportunity and another financial institution where you can work from home. But, you know, if you've made up your mind, let's not kid ourselves. Just tell everyone they need to be back. And that's the end of that story. Yep. And it's clear communication. And he's been been crystal clear on that and has been for a while. And there's uh, agree with no confusion. No, agree, disagree, or be neutral about it. But again, the shifting of talent where it's like, okay, yeah, so that, that investment firm will likely lose some key talent, but there's going to be some talent that goes, you know what, I really want to work in an office. And I know that they take care of their investors really well there. Mm-hmm. I want to go there. So it's and literally, fine. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 in an ideal world, that would be great. It's like, okay, who, you know, here's an organization that has people working at their office all the time. Who wants that? Okay, there's where you go. Okay, who wants this? Well, we want the hybrid. Okay, here's firms that do this. Okay, all remote. Here you go. Then all of a sudden, everybody is working in the environment that they want to work in, and the management has people that want to work in that type of environment. It's a win-win-win across the board, in my opinion, to do that. And it's just yeah, just be transparent. And I think that um, a lot of companies are not clear yet. You know, and they're not even willing to say, you know, we're not sure. We're going to try this. We're going to see if it still works. If it doesn't, we're going to reconvene. And then we'll look at what we need to do next. But many of them are like looking at the calendar saying, oh, I have to make a choice by August 1st. You know, <laughs> And that's it, you know. Yeah, everybody seems to have this, un- quite frankly, unrealistic pressure of we have to make a decision by this date. No, you don't. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, unless, you know, the board or something says, no, we want this, you know, firmed up. Okay, fine. Then clear, concise, make it happen. But for many organizations, they should say, we're not sure. And it's going to be a little clunky at the beginning, but we're going to work through it. And we're going to talk it out and, and see what everybody feels. And we'll land on what feels right for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> And when people do that, those are the organizations, quite frankly, that end up being magnetized. And they go, okay, this organization listens to its employees, has input, helps design and shape how that organization is ran, and word of mouth hits. And they're like, okay, this is an organization that's actually fun to work for. And yeah, how do I get in? Exactly. <laughs> then Sign you're, me up. Then you got to line up at the door of people trying to you know, apply, and you're getting your HR department's overwhelmed with all the resumes instead of them looking through resumes trying to replace a key person. It's that's uh, an ebb and flow that we know this. Yeah, so. it's going to be really interesting. Absolutely. So, Roberta, I've loved this conversation. I could probably talk to you for hours about this in 18,000 different directions on it, but really appreciate your time today. So, where can people find out more about you? Uh, Where can they pick up the book and and all the other amazing work you do? Well, they can find out about me by going to my website. Uh, The website is Matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. There's a book page there. So if you click on books, you can find out, choose your favorite vendor and order my newest book, Can We Talk? Uh, I have another book, Evergreen Talent, that came out last February that could be very helpful for those of you who are looking to seed, grow, and cultivate your workforce. And so that's available as well. 
And um, I'm a LinkedIn learning author, and you all can catch uh, one of my courses on LinkedIn. And if you'd like to send me an invite on LinkedIn, uh, mention this podcast, and I will gladly accept your invitation. Awesome. And thank you for that. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So, Roberta, thank you again for your time today. And thank you for this amazing work. Uh, as I said, uh, make sure you rest up because uh, I, think, I think you will be busy for years to come. So, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.